So we, we, we know that we are creating God's image and that He is a living, speaking spirit and we are the same. So our, our words are spiritual containers and they go out and they create our, our environment. And we're going to uh, go to page 33 in your book. We're going to dig into this a little bit this morning. And when you get there, also read our base scripture, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. But we got some, some really good stuff to, to dig into this morning here. It's 33 in your book, and then 1 Corinthians 5 and 17. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And that's the focus of this study, just realizing that when we got when we become a Christian, we are a new person. We got a new way of thinking. We got a new way of acting, a new way of talking, a new way of doing things. We no longer do things the way the world does it. When we find ourselves doing things the way the world does things, the way they solve problems, the way they get answers, we need to stop and arrest ourselves and say, hey, wait, 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 that's not the right way. The kingdom of God has its own system to cover everything in, in life that we need. So our, our subject today is fight for peace on page 33. It says, if someone were to come through the front door and announce they were going to rob your house, you'd probably fight them tooth and nail. However, some folks let the devil come in every day and rob them of joy, happiness, and peace. They allow him to convince them that because of past experiences, they should be sad, depressed. They believe that because of what's happened in their past, they should never be happy again, or they will never be what they could have been. Don't believe these lies. Now, I want to ask you a question this morning. What power does the devil have? Let's read this second paragraph here, and I'll help you answer that. Satan cannot huff and puff and blow your house down like the big bad wolf. He cannot overcome you by brute force. So he gains entrance through lies and deception. He will try to convince you to let him in voluntarily. I want to stop right there. We'll read the rest in a minute. What power does the devil have? We've been taught in society and, 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 and I reckon at church too, that the devil's out competing with God. If we're not careful, he's going to take over heaven. And that the devil just has free reign. He can come knock us in the head. He can come do all these, these destructive things. Is, is, is that biblical or is it not biblical? Um, it's a trick question. So I won't let y'all answer it. <laughs> uh, now you have to look. We get a lot of this information about what we think about the devil from the Old Testament. See, there's two sides. In the old, when, when Adam sinned, when Adam sinned, God gave Adam 6,000 year lease on this earth. All right? This earth was Adam's for 6,000 years. Okay? And we've already just eclipsed that by just a little bit now. Right, so when he sinned and, and ate of the tree, he gave his lordship of this earth to the devil. 
So the devil is now what we call the god of this world. Okay? So whatever power Adam had, the devil now had until Jesus. See, and we see this in the Old Testament, all this stuff that, that the devil caused and did, etc., etc. All right. But when we get to the New Testament, we see where Jesus bore the curse of sin, the, 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 the stuff that when Adam committed treason that caused to happen on the earth, Jesus took that and went to hell for three days and defeated the devil, hell, and even death. See, death today for us is not what it used to be. He said he took the sting out of death. See, when you get ready to die, all you're going to do now is just go... And you're in the other world. That's as simple as, as dying is now. You don't have to. But when Adam did what he did, the cost was that every person born of a woman from Adam on had to die and go to hell and suffer the consequences of their own sin. See, Jesus took that so we don't have to suffer those consequences of sin anymore. Okay, now, what about the devil? <clears throat> See, God stripped him of all of his power. All right, The devil now in the New Testament era, he has to use our power against ourselves. See, that's the only power he has is what we give him. And how do we do that? Just like this lady said. See, we'll say things like, I am sick, instead of just keeping our mouth shut. See, we are given. So what does he do? You got to remember, he's been around all these years. He understands mannerisms. He understands all this stuff. So what does he do? He projects a thought. And then he sees how we react to that thought. See? And then if he can keep putting those thoughts and we keep reacting, eventually what will we do? We will say something. See? And then that licenses him to be able to activate our, get involved in our life, just like that same words gives God permission to activate in our life. It's the same now on, on both sides. Are y'all with me? And that's, that's why we have to be so careful now as, as New Testament Christians, our words have power. All right? And, and, and I can prove that to you. The, the words go into people and cause reactions in their spirit. Right? You know, if I hit you in the head with a bat, what does that hurt? It hurts your head. All right? But if I say, Eric, you're the most low-down dog person, what does that hurt? You feel those words when, when people say those kind of things to you. We feel those words inside. See, those words have power. See, your words have power over your environment. That's why, and we're going to get to it in a minute, that's why... And we've seen it in, in Genesis 1.28 when God said subdue. He means, what do you mean? Control your environment or it'll control you. See, we control that environment by the power of our words. Our words either come out in faith or our words come out in fear. Fear activates the devil. Faith activates God. See, that, that's the, the dilemma and that's where we, we, we've not been taught well as modern day Christians about all these things that go on in our life. Are you going to have tribulation? Are you going to have trials? Are you going to have problems? Yes, all that's going to happen. But the difference is how we react to those, what we say about those, how we get involved with those things, see, determines 
our outcome. We're the prophet of our own life, if that makes sense to you, see. If you start, just like the lady said, you start saying, changing what you're saying, and you'll start seeing your life change. It may take a little while. It won't be instantaneous because when you start saying things, they're going to feel weird because you're not used to saying them. You're used to saying what everybody else says. See? When everybody else says everything negative and then somebody says something positive, it feels strange. It feels weird. People get quiet because it's different, see? But you've got to realize what authority you have. We are in where we are in life is a culmination of the choices that we've made, and we have to take ownership of that. I had to. Everybody's progress in God had to realize I'm where I am, not because somebody held me down, pushed me down, somebody did me wrong, because of what I chose to believe and not believe about myself. See? And we have to change what you are all in God's image. We're all successful, good people. We just don't see ourselves that way. We have let life tell us what we are instead of us telling life what we're going to be. All right, y'all with me? <clears throat> but I said, once he, once he sees something that upsets you or pushes your buttons, then he'll continue down that road. You remember the, the, the example of the flip chart? See, the devil will always, well, there's some new people, so I'll just do it again. The devil will always start with the worst case scenario. He wants to see what, what we will agree to. You know, you start having, having chest pains. Well, what's the first thought you're going to have if you're, if you're, if you're some minor Eric's age? What's you going to say? Heart, boom. See, he flashes that flip chart. Heart attack. And you say, no, no, no. I ain't, that, that ain't a heart attack. He's going to flip that flip chart. He's going to come down a little bit. And he's going to say, well, well it, it, it could be high blood pressure. You know, I have been having headaches. You know. All right. So if you buy that, then he'll stop right there. But if you don't buy that, he's going to flip it. He's going to bring it down till he finds something that you will agree on. And once you agree with that, then he's got a floor... And he's going to start work. What's his job? To steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he's after. To steal, kill, and destroy. You've got to remember that. His ultimate goal is to wipe you out and get you to hell instead of heaven. See? So then he'll start at whatever floor we give him. And then he's going to work back. His ultimate goal is for you to start agreeing with that heart attack business. See? But he's going to work you back until he can get you there. Well, he can get you with high blood pressure. Then we, we go into the doctor with high blood pressure. And then we got this, this. And it's just going to lead to a stroke. We're going to, he's going to just walk you back up. But he'll always start. Why? When you get, when somebody calls you about an incident, why do we always paint the worst picture first? That's what we do. It's the same principle, see? We paint that worst picture. Somebody calls so-and-so, so-and-so had an accident. Well, what if, are they odd? Are they alive? Are they dead? See, we paint that first, see? Because why? That seeing consciousness that was, that, 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 that righteous consciousness that was in Adam has inverted into us and made it sin conscious. See? We think like the devil because we are subject to him as long as we're in this world, see? So that's that sin process that we always fight against is, to, is that we're going to go there, see? But then most of the time, 
when you get the real information, it wasn't near what you thought it was going to be. See? All right? So let's read on here. In the middle of that paragraph. He will use facts you are very familiar with to make the case that you should be sad, depressed, miserable. Thoughts will come saying, after all, look at what you've done. Look what you've been through. Look what they did to you. Look what they didn't do to you, for you. See, this is why the world tells you to give, the world tells you to give no place to the devil. This means if the devil has a place, you gave it to him. You got to remember that. Even if you, <clears throat> even if you did give it to him, take it back. Now, this next one. Let's see where all this generates from. A wave of negative emotions will flood your soul if you agree with the lies that bombard your mind. Now, remember, we are a three-part person, right? You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Okay? The fight is in the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions. Notice what he just said here. The wave of negative what? Emotions. They are generated in that untrained soul that we are trying to train when we got saved. Our spirit got saved, but our soul didn't. We got to retrain it. Will flood your soul <clears throat> if you agree with the lies that bombard where? Your mind. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. I'll read the rest of this paragraph. Refuse to allow those thoughts into your mind as if you're resisting a thief at the front door of your house. Some people are bold and outspoken in other areas, but when it comes to guarding their mind from thoughts of failure, guilt, sadness, and shame, <clears throat> they are wimpy. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10. And i got a couple of these I'm going to put on the screen for you because I want you to see them instead of just, me just read it in a different translation. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 10 in verse 5. Everybody there? 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. It says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So he's saying here, you got to cast down every thought that comes against what the Bible says you are. And the Bible says it's true about you. See? What, but then you got to know what the Bible says about you. What is true about me? That is, that is what God wants me to be and wants me to have. That's why if, if, if you're a new Christian or you're new in learning this stuff, you know, you need to start that Romans through third, you know, through third John. Those, that, that's the books you need to read and study. That tells you who you are in Christ. That tells you what you have a right to. It tells you what Jesus died and sacrificed his life to give you or in those, in those books from Romans all the way through, through uh, 3 John there. See, And, and that's what we need. you need to study on those. And it tells you how to do it, how to obtain it. All right, go to 2 Corinthians. I'm sorry, 2 Timothy. So, so, so little old books. I don't pass Philippians, Colossians.
Yes, 2 Timothy 2 and verses 25 and 26. I'm going to read these first out, out, of, out of the uh, King James, then we'll, we'll read them out of the, uh, out of the New Living. It says, In meekness instructing, instructing those who do what? Opposing themselves. See, we don't understand what we're talking about today. We're really opposing ourselves. We're hurting our own self and we don't even know it. If God preaventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who hath taken captive by him. How? At his will. We just mush in his hand. As long as we don't understand what we're talking about today, then the devil has us captive and we don't even realize it. And then, all right, let's look at, let's look at this in the... Uh, in the NLT. Come on, TV. All right, verses 25 and 26 there. It says, gently, so that means we don't, we don't try to argue with people. We don't <clears throat> try to convince them of something they don't want to be convinced about. It says, gently instruct those who oppose the truth of what we're talking about now. We don't do us any good to argue with people. Perhaps God will change those people's heart and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. See, we don't even realize that we're there because we say, ah, words don't mean nothing. It ain't that important. It ain't that big a deal. And that's exactly what, what he wants us to say and do. Because we use it, what, what is it we're doing? Where he's taking our own will and our own power and using it against us by making us agree with the circumstances instead of disagree with them and say what we are in in God. Right. Page thirty-four. <clears throat> An example of, of this, the feeling of loneliness. You could be alone without being alone without being lonely. Yet many times the enemy uses these situations and circumstances to get folks to accept something that doesn't belong to them. Thoughts come such as, you're alone. You've never, you've never been alone before. You've always had other family members in your home. And now you're the only one left. Everybody has somebody but you. You should be so lonely. No, resist those thoughts. Fight against it. Don't let the enemy steal your peace. You may be alone, but you don't have to be lonely. You may have failed, but you, you're not a failure. You may have sinned, but you're not a sinner. You may have missed opportunities in life, but it doesn't have to, you don't have to live life with regret. Don't let the enemy come in and set up shop in your what? Soul. You mind your will. And your emotions. Now I want you to notice something about this. If you look at, before we read this, uh, before we read this in John, I want you to notice this about how what we think and say about ourselves attracts. You ever know? Ever 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 seen? And I just use this as a lady, and nothing against ladies. 
that a lady that's come out of an abusive relationship, you ever notice she'll just end up in another one? And then another one after that, then another one after that. She just continues to attract those same kind of people. Why? Because she thinks that that's the best she can do. She's put herself out there in that environment and now it just keeps coming to her. just keeps coming to her. And we can find that in our own lives in anything. You notice most of the time we have the same problems over and over. They go away a while, they come back. They go away a while, they come back. They go away a while, they come back. See, that's a good sign to us that, that we are saying or doing or acting or allowing something that, that we don't need to. Those problems need to be put behind us and, 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 and put to rest. See? But if you notice, though, those people, you know, you, you see it too, too, too with men. You know, they just got to have some men just got to have somebody. His, his wife may have died two weeks ago, and bam, next thing you know, bam, he's already trying to find somebody to court. Just cannot stand to be by himself because he don't he, he don't look at himself in 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 the proper light. We got to be able to stand alone in life. And then we'll benefit that partner that we have. If, 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 if we're looking for somebody to help us raise our kids or somebody to help us pay our bills, see, we're going into relationships with the wrong, for the wrong reason. See, We have to be self-sustained in God and know who we are, and that will bring that person that will add to us. If, if you look at most successful and, 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 and good marriages, they are pretty opposite people. One of them is detailed, one of them is slouchy. One of them is this, the other one is that. Why? Because that's what covenant does. Covenant takes weaknesses and strengths and marries them together. That's what the, the covenant of, of marriage or a covenant, if you're in a, in a business partnership or whatever, you know, you, you don't want a business partner just like you. Because all you do is argue all the time. See? You want one that's, that's, that's strong in the areas you're weak or weak in the areas you're strong. See, then, then that makes a better... If you just notice that about, about couples, most of the time, it's true, opposites attract. See? I hadn't figured out what all my good traits are yet. Miss Angie just got them all, I reckon. All right, let's read, let's read uh, John 14, 27. Then I want to show you this in the Amplified. Uh, Marcus, I hear that everyone hit me with my time. John 14, 27. Is this, we all there? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, do I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, give me just a second. I want to pop this up in, in the Amplified here. Instead of just letting somebody read it, I want you to see this. John 14 and 27. It says, peace I leave with you, my own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, this is what I want you to see and amplify. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Now, you know they are more than ten commandments, right? This is a commandment right here. He's telling you, Jesus, if you if you if you if you got a King James Bird, this is in red. 
saying, so who, who, who is allowing this agitation and being disturbed? Stop allowing. He's saying, you're me. We're allowed. Now let me ask you a question. How many of who have we got family members that get on your nerves? Don't raise your hands. <laughs> All right. So you go into a family thing. What do you say? I'm going to have a good time today. I'm not going to let so-and-so get on my nerves. You made a conscious choice to say, I'm not going to let them get under my skin. All right. So when somebody gets under your skin, why are you mad at them when you made the choice to let it happen? Right. Do you see it? We allow those people to get under our skin. We allow those situations to make us disturbed, to make us fearful and intimidated, cowardly, and unsettled. Okay, but what about the everyday life when you've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old demanding you and you can't do laundry, you can't cook supper, and they won't mm -hmm. shut up, they won't leave you alone, <laughs> and you can't get away from them? That's right. <laughs> but who says, you. All right, we're going we're to dig into it in, 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 if we get there today. Of talking about this peace. But why does that mean you have to give up your peace because the children are, are wearing you down? It's a choice. To I'm giving up my peace because they're getting on my nerves instead of me controlling my environment. Remember, you control your environment or it controls you. And that's all of it. That ain't just what Starla's saying. We get it every day in life all day long. See? People push our buttons. Or we, 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 but we don't realize that we're the ones... Hey, I can still have all this going on, but I don't have to let it get inside of me and, and, and ruin my day or ruin my situation. Notice this too. How many people go on vacation and they argue on vacation? And then they don't enjoy nothing? You see it all the time. Huh? Huh? See? We allow those, those kids, whatever they do, however they act, or, or either people too, to get us frustrated and then we react to our environment. And we react to our environment and then we don't even enjoy our vacation because we spent the whole time arguing. You see, you see it all the time. It ain't just vacation, it's going out to dinner. Why? Because when you start to do something you enjoy, you've got to remember the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He's going to come upset it where you don't even want to try anymore. Well, what's the use? It's just going to turn out like this every time. Every time I do something, this is how it ends up. See? I mean, that's how we, that, I, I'm talking to me too now. You know, I have to preach this to myself or I can do to y'all. You know. but, 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 but see, what are we doing? We're choosing to give this peace that Jesus died to give us. We're choosing to give it away and accept agitation, aggravation, all those other things. I made that choice. See, even though I don't want to admit it, I'd done it. Mm -hmm. I didn't stand my ground and say, no, I may have this problem, but I ain't letting it take my peace, my happiness, my joy. We'll deal with it. But I'm not going to. Why? Because the next thing happens when, when, when we get frustrated, what's the next thing that happens? We say things we don't really mean. Hmm? Mm -hmm. We say them, but, but remember now, words are spiritual containers. When You can't unscramble the egg. Once you get it out, you can't get it back. See, and that's what he's after, see. He wants to destroy your relationship. He wants to destroy your home. He wants to destroy your environment, but he's got to have you cooperating with him to do it. Does, does that make sense to y'all? Oh, yeah. See, 
Because that's what happens. Once you get frustrated, then that pressure to say those things that you don't really mean. But that other person doesn't see it that way. They take it as if you mean it. And then they are offended and they are aggravated and then you can't build that back. See, trust is something that once it's broken, it's very rare if you can ever get it back. That you don't get but one time with people to break their trust. See, then then they then every time you do something, that all is always in the back of their mind. See? So we have to remember that. We are in control. And it's not easy to do, and we're gonna mess up, and we're gonna fall down, we're gonna we're gonna waller in some of this. That's just human nature. Don't get discouraged when we mess it up. Because I probably mess it up more than anybody. Just ask my family. And I, I get wound up quick. And you know, but we have to remember that I we cannot surrender our peace. Why? Because that peace is what gives us control over that environment. See? Somebody with level-headedness and calmness comes into an emergency situation. What happens then? It lets the air out. See? But when everybody else is running around, everybody else is, is acting the same way, then the environment just hops up and hops up and hops up. It just takes one person to come in and be in control. Then everybody else will relinquish their control to that person. Oh, Is that right or wrong? You think you've been in an accident or somebody's got sick and you call the ambulance. Everybody that's at that scene in that house is just going crazy, right? But what happens when the paramedic walks in and takes control? He comes in, he takes control, he, he's not moved by that environment, and then everything settles down. He says, it's okay, it's going to be all right. So when he said it's going to be all right, where did the stress and the worry and the fear go? Poof. Just with that, with that one word, it's going to be all right. All that just left. You see that? And we have to learn to do that in, in our life. We can't let those situations cause us to react like the situation. Somebody's got, you know, somebody's going to come out on top. Why not you? Why not you? Quit thinking you always got to be the bottom feeder, the one that it don't work for, the one that can't get it right. That don't have to be. You're a Christian. You got that anointing we've been talking about. You're supposed to come on up. If anything good happens, people say, man, why does good things always happen to you? Oh, come here, let me tell you about it. Mm -hmm. That's supposed to draw people to us. But when we act like they act, it doesn't. It pushes, pushes them away from us. And sometimes, if, if I reckon let's go ahead and say it. Sometimes if you're in, in these continual toxic environments, you just got to get out of them. Amen. You just got to get out of them. They'll wear you down. All right. So back to... I didn't mean to get preached. I'm supposed to be teaching. <laughs> it's good stuff. So we got to remember, we control our environment. And this is a commandment. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. Do not permit yourself to be fearful, intimidated, cowardly, or unsettled. Now, back up to the top. This is Jesus saying that peace that I have, I'm giving that peace to you. Now, what is that peace that He had, that He gave to us when we received Him as our Savior? That word peace means nothing missing, nothing broken. See, you look at whatever environment Jesus was in, he corrected it where there was nothing missing, nothing broken. 
The storm was there. He calmed the storm. Whatever was missing, that missing peace, that anointing inside of him, he added that peace for it was no longer an issue. Just, just follow everything Jesus did. That's what he went around doing. People were hungry. He blessed the food and it multiplied. See? Whatever that missing ingredient. And that's that same thing. Oh, I can't keep that up today. But that's that same thing, that, that, that anointing that resides in us. We are to bring that missing piece to whatever is missing in that situation. See, somebody's going to be the leader. Somebody's going to be the common voice, the voice of reasoning. See, and it's inside of us. We just got to learn to follow it and learn to acknowledge it and learn to use it. And that, that's where the rubber meets the road in Christianity is learning to do this. Or am I willing to make the mistakes it takes to learn to do it? Where's my time, Caleb? Okay, go. Um, I got five minutes. All right. Uh, top of 35. We're going to dig into this piece either this week or next week. The peace that Jesus has provided is not like the world's peace. The world has peace when everything is peaceful, but the peace of God is a force. See, the world's peace is based on events. See, if nothing ain't going on, the world is peaceful. See, then when events happen, it's no longer peaceful. world's peace is based on your situation, your conditions, your circumstances. If they all awry, then you don't have peace. But this says here, see, this peace of God, that anointing inside of you, it is a spiritual force. See, that's what God told Adam to do was take that example of the Garden of Eden and put it in the whole world, create the whole world with it. See, and that's the same thing with us. We're supposed to take this anointing that's, that's in us and create the Garden of Eden in our environment. Well, it says, but the peace of God is a force, a spiritual force, that can keep your soul even in difficult times. Now, we have to remember, most times right now, when we're learning this, our fleshly man, our soulish man, is the man in control. We move by what we see, we move by what we hear, we move by what we think. But we are designed that the spiritual man is supposed to be the strong individual, and then he dictates what he would allow the flesh and the soul to do and to be. See? Because there's some things right now, if you've been saved, that you will not do that you used to do. Is that right or wrong? Your spirit man has grown strong enough that it puts that soul and that flesh down when they want to do that. See, I will not allow you to do that anymore. All right? But see, we only want to take that superficial, but it goes all the way through. What about all those things that we're doing that we say we don't want to do? Then that means we're allowing our flesh man to do it instead of taking control of it. See? Right? It says God's peace is independent of circumstances. You can have peace despite what's happening because of what Jesus has done for you. You may have abuse, tragedy, and failure in your past, but the peace that Jesus gives is not dependent on what happened to you. It's yours because of what happened to him. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. See, we... What's he talking about? He said, you know, we can be quiet on the inside even when things are going crazy on the outside. We're going to 
we're going to get in a second. Go to, uh, if we got time to get there, we'll, we'll get started anyway. Go to 1 John 4 and 18. It says, Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So don't exchange your peace for fear or sadness for sorrow. 1 John. So I want you to see these these this morning. And because of time, we'll just go right to the NLT. Let's back up one seventeen. As we live in God our love grows more perfect or more mature. So the longer we know God, we're supposed to get more understanding of how much He loves us and, and how well He wants to take care of us. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. Now that day of judgment is talking about when you face that trial, that problem, that issue, that circumstance. But we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this earth, in this world. We just talked about how Jesus lived. Such love, this perfect mature love that God has for us, has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. <clears throat> if we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. So what's He saying here? He said when we fear, it's because we think that we're losing and that God don't love us. We don't realize how much He loves us. Why? Because if there's no... If there's... How do I say this? If there's no fear, then there's no entry for the devil. See? what? what if, if, if you don't perceive loss, then there is no fear. That thought of loss, that thought of not... It not working out. That thought of it ain't going to happen this time. That thought of you seeing yourself on the losing end is what produces that fear. If you don't see yourself as losing, there will be no fear. See, that's why we have to assess every circumstances because we only fear when we see that loss. We're going to dig in, into that some next week. All right, y'all have a good week.